0: Welcome to Men in Relationships, the podcast about evolving the emotional habits of men through inner transformation that will lead to positive external changes in your relationship. I believe there's a huge lack in support and vulnerability and discussion around these topics about men in relationships. And that's why I'm here talking to you today. So sit back, Relax and let's grow. Hey, what's up? I welcome you back to the show. It's Joel here. I appreciate you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. And I hope that these episodes and this show is bringing you some sort of value. And if it is, I would really appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast, especially if it's on iTunes, to write a written review, that would mean a lot and that would really help me out. So jumping into, well, actually a little bit about my life, it's it's the start of May here and I'm really pumped, I'm really excited, the sun is beaming, I, I got home from work and I'm excited because... You know, summer is just a really exciting time it's a fun time it's uh we're exiting the doom and gloom of winter it's always brings new life new energy and uh i'm especially excited because on the weekend i went to the hangar where my father-in-law has his plane and we cleaned it all up and started it for the first time of the year which is super exciting because that means we are going to the cabin soon the the flying cabin so i'm i'm really looking forward to that And I also hope in the next year or two max that I can hopefully acquire my pilot's license so I can start to undertake some flying and and, uh, learn that new skill. So yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that. Anyways, um, jumping into the show, today's episode is titled, How to Navigate Conflict. And this is a very practical kind of step-by-step how-to Because we're always going to be faced with conflict in a relationship. There's just no way around it. And relationships involve such complex dynamics. Each couple will have a unique, nuanced intricacies, dynamics, energy, and of course, conflict. It's all going to be unique to your relationship. There's going to be some fundamental principles that are universal to every relationship and to conflict and and so on. But... Each dynamic that you share with your partner is so uniquely individualized that it's so complex because it's complex because it encompasses everything of our past, of our childhood, of our upbringing, of our past relationships, of our external world. And now we are mixing that with another person's. And especially when we expose that and we go there and we become curious as to, you know our perceptions of the world and what's affecting us and what's stopping us what are our blockages what are our what are our desires what what is behind all of this external physical stuff you know what is that the essence of me and what is the essence of you and when we go there and we do that it's going to naturally bring out conflict because there's going to be two different perceptions and perspectives of the world of a situation, of a goal, of how you operate in life. Like there's just no way around that. There's no way around conflict. <laughs> and you know, even though no couple will have the exact same conflict, there are eight general steps to help resolve or not even resolve but navigate this conflict. So I want to I want to go over those eight again general steps. This isn't going to be a oh I did this and and we we should be through this conflict it's just really again those kind of universal principles that will apply that will facilitate some aid <laughs> in navigating conflict um but i think it's important because conflict can make or break a relationship really it, and you know it could it could destroy it if you don't know how to navigate it or it can actually strengthen and connect Two individuals if you're willing to step into that uncomfortable territory if you're willing to actually navigate it actually face it actually lean into it to discover what's on the other side of it but if we ignore it or we don't properly navigate it it's probably going to destroy our relationship so it's kind of a you know you you really you really got to go for it you really got to lean into it otherwise it's going to be detrimental And even worse on the other side is if you go your whole life and your whole relationship trying to avoid conflict, I believe that's going to lead to losing yourself as an individual and potentially most probably have a very dull partnership. If your goal is to avoid conflict, you'll be living your life trying to be someone you aren't. Try, you're, you won't be expressing what's on your mind, what's in your soul. You're not going to be letting that out because you don't want to create conflict. Oh, I shouldn't bring this up. This is going to bring a fight. So I'll just keep it in. I'll just dysregulate my emotions, dysregulate everything going on in me. And I'll, I'll, I'll store this. I'll keep this to me. And I I won't share my true desires. That'll that'll ruffle the feathers a little bit. And and I think that's so dangerous. You know, and it's, it's such a band-aid fix. And we really need to change shake that up and and understand that the quick fix is not the proper fix in a relationship we want a relationship to go and last a a long period of time hopefully and those band-aid fixes if you keep putting the band-aid on eventually that band-aid could only hold so much and it's going to lead to way bigger unresolved bottled up conflict which you haven't navigated properly And now you're going to be faced with a situation that is much more difficult to, 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 to get through. So I want to outline these eight steps to navigating conflict. So the first one is presence, being present with the conversation, not thinking about all the reasons why you're triggered or upset by your partner or why this conflict is there, but being present, fully present. And this is a practice in and of itself. I, I, w- I didn't even know what presence meant. You know, when I, when I look back into my junior high, high school, grade school days, I realize now that I was not present. When i was in class so i was looking at the teacher i was looking at the whiteboard but i wasn't taking anything in i was off in my mind who knows where <laughs> and i couldn't understand why i couldn't grasp a lot of these concepts until there was a subject that i liked oh i was interested hey i'm engaged Ta-da! <laughs> you know but i i wasn't present with what the instructor with what the teacher was saying so of course i didn't learn and if we're not present with our partner during times of conflict and we're not actually listening to what they're saying we're not there in the moment we're somewhere off in our head there's no chance of us getting through that conflict uh the second step is curiosity and curiosity actually being curious about what your partner has to say what they are trying to tell you and Curiosity again, this will take some work because if you're triggered, it's hard to be curious. You know, I'm I wonder what you're saying, you know, like it being present and curious as to why do you have I wonder why you have a different perspective. I'm so intrigued as to why you see this differently than me. Let me let me understand this, And, and that curiosity is such a game changer because before I personally tried to incorporate curiosity. I would just stonewall or be defensive instead of being curious. I would get triggered or conflict would come up and I would either want to avoid that conflict, bury it, not face it. Ah, I already got too much shit in my day. I already got a busy schedule. I don't want to deal with this. Let's put it aside. Let's stonewall it. I don't want to talk. Let's close up. Or my partner would bring something to my attention and I would get defensive. Um, (laughs) You know, as a simple example, Oh, why, why didn't you do the dishes tonight? Well, why didn't I do the dishes? Why didn't you do the dishes all last week? You know, and you flip it on them, being defensive, flipping it on them instead of being curious as to why is this actually bothering you? Why is this? I wonder why this is actually a thing right now. Dishes is a mundane, stupid example, but you get the point. Uh, the third step is reflective listening. So we're, we're present, we're curious as to what they're saying, and now we want to reflectively listen. So after we hear what they are saying, we repeat that. What I what I hear is, you know, you're getting angry with me or you're upset because I didn't do the dishes, blah, 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 blah. What I hear you saying that you feel disappointed or that you feel frustrated that I keep ignoring you, X, Y, and Z. So what I hear is, or I hear you saying that lets your partner know that you're engaged with the conversation. You're there, you're hearing them, you're repeating it. Because if we're not present, there's no way we can reflectively give that back to our partner. Because we weren't there, we were in our head, we weren't thinking, we weren't listening to them. And it's going to be impossible to reiterate what they were saying. So reflective listening is a very powerful step in order to know that your partner Um, feels and understands that you are there with them in this conflict you're not somewhere else Uh, the fourth step is same page questions so having a shared understanding to clarify and understand what your partner is saying thinking and feeling we we want to have that shared understanding so repeat what you are understanding from your partner and then ask is that right So, you know, um, what I'm hearing is you're getting mad at me or you're upset that I'm not doing the dishes, blah, blah, blah. Um, is that right? Am I, am I hearing you correctly? And this again can come with some charges, (laughs) you know, is that right? Am I hearing you right? (laughs) But we really want to actually just, again, it kind of ties to that curiosity point of I'm hearing you say that you are upset or that you're feeling neglected or whatever it may be. Is, is that right? Is that right? Am I hearing you right? Again? So we are reflectively listening and then we're asking them, engaging with them. Is that correct? Making sure we are on the same page, having those same page questions. If we're not on the same page, there's no chance that we're going to resolve this conflict. The fifth step is active listening. So this is we want to stay engaged the whole time. And sometimes if our partner likes to talk or goes on for a while, it might be a good idea to interrupt again in a calm manner in order to stay present if they're going on too long. So try to actively hear what they are saying rather than preparing a defensive response. So naturally in conflict. We don't like to lose. We don't like to be wrong. We like to be heard. And when our partner's saying something almost all the time, if we're not conscious and engaged with this and have the knowledge of these steps, we're going to be preparing our defense in our mind. We're going to hear something our partner said, it's going to trigger us and we're going to have it on the top of our head, waiting to jet in at the right time. And we're not listening to a single word they're saying. You know, as soon as she said dishes, now all of a sudden I'm saying, well, what about last week? I can't, but yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, she was doing that. No, she didn't do it here. And I'm constructing my response. I'm, I'm bringing my defense to the table. You know, I'm not there. I'm not actively listening. Again, this is all a process that's going to take time because it's going to be going against the natural grain of probably what you've done your whole life in conflict. But active listening is so important not to have that listening agenda in our mind, constructing what we're going to say next or if we do lose track if we do find ourselves slipping out of it, calmly interrupt and say sorry hey I'm sorry Jess but I lost you for a sec can you you know I I wasn't present I I, I lost my, I lost you there for a sec. can you can you bring me back into where you were and actually the better we get at navigating conflict the more we we can just feel when the other person is getting out of listening we could say, Joel or Jess, I, I I think I lost you there. What you know, what's going on? Or she's like, Joel, are you still with me? When we could we we've done it when we're working on it, that we can actively sense that when they are engaged or not. And you know, it's a we can actually do this. It you know, this this overfills into our day to day life. And when I'm talking to somebody, whether it's a friend or whether it's somebody else, I can actively I, I know when they're not engaged. <laughs> but I, I'm like, should I just stop talking? Cause I know, I know you're not listening right now, like, or you're pretending to listen, but you're in your head. Like I can, I can sense that. Um, so it you know, it's an interesting dynamic. The better you get at practicing it, the more you pick up on, wow, this person's literally not even listening right now. Should I just stop talking? Um, so anyways, that's just a side side note. But yes, active listening, very important step. The sixth step is empathy. Trying to put yourself in your partner's shoes. We hear the word empathy all the time, but do we actually practice it? Let's make it more than a word and more than an understanding, but let's make it a practice to genuinely try to imagine what your partner is going through instead of reacting to a trigger. Again, we're going to naturally want to react. We to hear something that our partner probably is going to bring up and say, hey, I think, you know, I think you might be able to improve here. Or we hear some feedback that isn't, Oh, you're the best. (laughs) Acknowledging feedback, but we hear feedback that might be a little bit triggering. Our natural instinct is to not practice empathy. I will tell you that from experience. It is going to be to be defensive or to stonewall for many men anyways. So we want to remove our perception and our opinion of what they're saying and our emotions that are tied to that and fully immerse ourselves into their perception. And sometimes this might take a minute that we might need to step away so we can empathetically now put ourselves in our in their situation while, we're, we're, while we are removed from their presence because that presence might be triggering. So we might say, "Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just going to need to take a couple of minutes to digest this, or I need to go on a, a, a brief walk to discuss this, or I need to go meditate for ten minutes to." to understand this so I can put myself in your shoes essentially and then when we're by ourselves I find it way easier because now we don't have those dynamics those triggering dynamics and now we're not in the heat of conflict but we can as long as we create parameters and boundaries to come back and resurface the conversation that is the most important thing we can't just say oh let me go for a walk or let me go to the gym and never bring that up now our partner is never going to trust that we're going to come back that needs to be an agreement And one that which should be resolved probably within 24 hours. We don't want to leave it go on or string on for too much longer. So if you need some time to step away in order to empathetically put yourself in your partner's shoes so you can actually hear and understand what they're going through instead of just responding reactionally to a trigger, that's going to be so profound to getting through the conflict. Because now I can say, okay, Jess, I really reflected on that. I really went and thought and I see and understand why you view it this way. I get that. I hear you. I see you. And now we're on the same playing field. And that kind of leads into step seven, which is own your part without justification. Big without justification. (laughs) Because... Ownership is such a powerful tool to use in a relationship. It's the most effective action to put your partner's guard down because that means you fully heard them. That means you practiced empathy and you're owning your part. And it's important when taking ownership to not follow it with a but or because statement. Yeah, okay, I see I see what I did here. Uh, and and I, I, I could have been better and I take full ownership for this. But I did it because of this. You know, as soon as you jet in the butt or because I did this, but I see it this way. You know, that is that's going to completely negate the ownership. It has to be full, authentic. Hey, here I am. My bad. I totally see what I did there. And that is totally on me. I take I'm, I'm raising my hand. I see my part. And I I apologize, I totally see it. That doesn't mean you can't share what's on your mind, but we do not want to follow our ownership with a defense statement, with with a justification as to why we did it. It has to be full ownership. And that's gonna be difficult, very difficult to do, especially if you haven't done it in your relationship. Especially if your arguments and your conflict are always get into the cycle of just defensiveness well, you did it because of this. I did it, you know, like it's just this back and forth and it never gets anywhere. That's a habitual pattern. You've created a cycle that that is what is normal. That is your conflict navigating process. And it's going to naturally always revert to that no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you want it to go the other way. If you don't incorporate these eight steps and start to take new actions slowly This is a process. You can't just magically snap your fingers and you're all of a sudden doing these eight tactics. It is an absolute gradual process, which takes practice through conflict. The only way to get better at conflict is actually getting into conflict and and just being a bit better every time at resolving it. And it's a frustrating process at many times because we, we don't see this massive, massive progression in it. But In my opinion, we're with our partner or wives or husbands for our entire life. So we have an entire lifetime to improve on this. And the eighth tool or the eighth step to navigating conflict is have a shared perception and reality at the end of it. Always ask, is there anything else before I share my experience? Let's again, this kind of ties to the ownership part. We wanna make sure our partner is seen, heard, they have everything on the table. Okay, I hear you, I see you, I've taken ownership for, for that. Now may I share my experience, so that we can meld and merge our two realities and our two perceptions, because we can't just, again, we don't wanna avoid the conflict, and avoiding the conflict would just be bowing down, and sometimes it, you know, it is, hey, this was 100% on me and I see it exactly how you see it now, Boom. Okay. But if there is another perception, we also want to voice that. And this is where there comes some conflict. And this is where we really need to tread cautiously of not triggering and and reverting back to our old cycle of defensiveness and back and forth because it's so easy to slip into that once the other person shares their perception or their reality. But we each need to get that on the table. And this is kind of the process to getting it on the table. And we once both of our perceptions, both of our viewpoints, the way we're seeing this situation is on the table, we feel heard, our partners actively listened, they're, they've practiced empathy, they've taken ownership for their part, we know they're on the same page, we can feel their presence. Boom. Now we're on the same page. Now we can see (laughs) and merge our reality and come up with a solution and that is the process to navigating conflict a lot easier said than done for sure and again a huge note is when practicing these eight steps it is essential to match your energy with your tone and have the proper tonality of genuine You know, not just pretending to be curious, but genuinely being curious, actually being present, actually reflectively listening to understand them, not to actively listen and reflectively listen to ask questions just to just to do it, just to follow these steps. But actually matching is softer. We want to work on that softer tone, that softer energy of, okay, my guard is down here. I'm here to listen instead of, okay. Yeah. Lay it on me. Kate, Yep. Yeah, come on. I got 10 minutes. We got to go to the gym. Let's resolve this shit. You know, that, that was me for many years, still is sometimes, but I'm really, really working on that tone, that presence matching my energy to it. And the body language and tone and pitch of voice will have more power than the words that are spoken. So again, this is a continual practice and it can be improved on, but we can't just go through these steps and have awful tonality and have this energy, this dark, fierce, <laughs> closed off, grumpy, angry energy. It's not going to work. We need to do whatever we need to do to come to the conversation, come to the conflict with a lighter lighter open energy and tonality and body language of, Hey, I'm here to surrender. I'm here to engage and listen. I'm not here to win. I'm not here to destroy you. I'm not here to make you come over to my side. And it needs to be a reciprocal conversation where they're on the same page as well. And for me, the biggest thing was obviously being present. Like I think in conflict, we get out of Present so easily because we're triggered our as soon as we're in the emotional state we're not present we're not engaged we're not aware we are in fight or flight we are our brain is just going we're thinking of every reason why we need to be defensive why we need to win why we need to whatever it may be so that that's like the pivotal one that was a huge one for me and still is And this is just me sharing because I was absolutely awful at navigating conflict and for that, being a good partner for that matter. And I've devoted the last five years of my life to improving myself as an individual to live a better life and operate successfully in my relationship. That has been a massive, massive part of my life and what I've been working on. And it's truly been life-changing. And really that's why I've been inspired to do the work that I do. And it all starts by working on ourselves. And that's why I wanna facilitate that self work with other men. And and there is a process to improve all this and to improve your relationship and to improve your internal being. It's an inside out job. And really that's why I've created a program, the Emotional Evolution Process. That's where I work one-on-one with men, resolving whatever internal issues they may have, because it is so hard to go at those by yourself. It's so easy to get distracted by the external world, the next goal, the busy schedule, the kids, the whatever is going on. There's just so much going on. It's hard to focus and keep our relationship and our personal work at the forefront. And that is the power of coaching. It puts a highlight on on that. It makes you stay clear and focused and keeps the relationship and the inner work at the forefront and at the center of what you are working on. And it's so necessary. And it's also very difficult to go at it by yourself. And that's really why I'm here. That's why I share these messages to hopefully inspire and help other men who might have been in situations similar to mine. So I truly hope this helps. I hope it brings some sort of value and I really, really hope that it enables you to become a better uh, conflict navigator. (laughs) So I hope you have a great day and I'll see you on the next one. Take care. Before I let you go, I just wanna let you know what I've been up to behind the scenes. I've been busy building a program called the Emotional Evolution Process. And this program was built through inspiration and really just a passion for something that I believe in so strongly and where, there, where there's just really a lack in the market for, and that is men in relationships and to help men evolve their emotional habits. This is something that we need to work on, especially if we want a fulfilling, successful relationship or if we need to repair one that might be in jeopardy right now. So, like I said, check me out on socials. Send me a message on socials to connect. And if this sounds like a fit for you, I would love to hear from you. Other than that, have a great day.